Hello and welcome to the Empire of the Cop podcast. Uh, here with me today, we've got Peter Kenny Jones and Steve Carson returning to the pod once more. I'll be your host, Farrell Keeling. And of course, we've got Rick Elliott making things happen in the wings. Um, I love another big, big scoring game against Manchester United. 9-0 on aggregate across the two legs. What a time to be a Liverpool fan, Pete. And um, you know, What did you make of that game against United? It was like you scarily expected it, which is worrying. You know, I think we were all um, we were talking about it before, weren't we? And so you know, we, we felt confident that you would beat them three four nil, which no, I don't think you'd have ever said in my life before. Probably not even before the first game at Old Trafford. You should just really know, but yeah, just I can't remember the last time we beat them twice in the season. But we haven't just beaten them; we just absolutely battered them twice, haven't we? And it's just embarrassed them and. I don't think the gap between the two teams is probably as big as what it was when, like, when they were at their pump. But we always seem to turn up and have a bit of effort and give them a better game. They just rolled over. And I, obviously, it, we are amazing. But I feel like they, they, were, they were a bit embarrassing as well, really, weren't they? But it's good to laugh at them. It's good to see how much it hurt them. And I saw someone saying um, Klopp's getting revenge for all our childhood, so what Ferguson did to us. So yeah, I'm, I'm all for that. Yeah, like, but um, I can't wait to play them again next season if it carries on like that. And yeah, see how we can go without conceding a goal against them as well. I mean, you're absolutely right. We're absolutely sensational. I, I argue much in the same vein as you know the Old Trafford game. You know, we took the foot, foot off the gas again, and arguably the scoreline quite flattered them, didn't it, Stu? Yeah, um, to be honest, I mean the way we came out in that first half, you know, I was, I was. No, I wouldn't say I was concerned for Manchester United, but if I was to try and, you know, not be just pure Liverpool fan bias, yeah, I mean, it could have been quite a more embarrassing score than what it was. Um, you know, they didn't really give themselves much pride to walk away from that game. And to be honest with you, the results, like Pete said there, we are brilliant. Uh, there's no, no two ways about it. You know, Liverpool and Manchester City are the two best teams in the Premier League by a bit of a distance. Um, and we showed it again uh, against Manchester United but it, it says more about them than it does about us you know we've got a team of brilliance really you know every single position is world class at, at this club and not even not even you look at Manchester United in some positions they've got players that you could be world class you're talking about De Gea you're talking about Bruno Fernandes obviously uh, Cristiano Ronaldo unfortunately wasn't wasn't at uh, the game, uh, but you've got world-class players. But it's a team of individuals. It's you know, it's you've got these people that aren't really stringing together too well. Whereas Liverpool, I've got a world-class, not even starting eleven. We've got a world-class squad of about twenty players, you know, and they all gel together so well. You know, I think um, the one that sums up for me is which involves every player apart from Virgil Van Dijk for a change. It, the pass, the ball went all over the pitch and involved every single player apart from Verge. And then it finds its way to the back of the net. It's like playing Barcelona or, you know, Arsenal in the Premier League. It's just unbelievable. I mean, the result really, it just says more about Manchester United than us. We're in a good run of form. That's not changed. But what in towns for United? Very well said. I mean, Ralph Rania came out after the game and you know he was flinging out numbers wildly it's like we're going to need five seven ten new players a complete 
total rebuild. I mean, the problem with United isn't skin deep, is it? You know, it extends as far back as to the Glazers. And I mean, what's interesting about that game in particular is, of course, you know, the golf and performance is astronomical, but the golf between the two clubs as a whole and in the way that they're run, not just the culture on the pitch, but behind the scenes. I mean, it, it's it's chalk and cheese. It's night and day. It's it, it couldn't be more different. Liverpool's such a well-run club with world-class, world-class squad. Um, you know, right from the beating heart of that team, you know, Thiago Alcantara, who we'll get to uh, shortly. Uh, but before we do, um, I believe Pete has a little player quiz uh, for us all to dig right into. Pete, do you also want to tell us the rules of this little quiz? Yeah, have you got the theme tune ready or? Has <laughs> anyone got a theme tune ready? <laughs> Don't see what you do. Now it's Pete's quiz. It's Pete's quiz. So it's a, it's a Liverpool player, current squad. Um, our list players that have played with this player who's in our current team. You've just got to say who it is. So I'll list them and like so say, I'll keep going and you can guess after each person who it is and then at the end you can all have a fire well, Rick you can play two in the wings if you want so I want me to make start easy or start hard what would you prefer I did you got this in yeah somewhere, do you have somewhere neatly in the middle or are you, are okay. you, back, well, are you backing I'll us let, to go for the hard one I'll, I'll let you go right so it's, it's one player that I've got ready so <clears throat> he plays Liverpool right now he's in the current squad and he has played with Angel Di Maria so you have a little think, have a guess, or say it in your head, and then let me know when you want the next player, or write it down. Current squad, Angel Di Maria. Let me know if you want the next one. Do we, do we get just one guess and we're out? Or do we no, just no, you can guess after going. each one. We can, oh, we can keep going, we can just, just freely. Because yeah, yeah. <laughs> you won't just get off one player. So that's what I'm saying, have a think. I'll, go, okay. I'll, I'll give you the next one, you've got no one sprouting. So it's ace play with Angel Di Maria and Bernardo Silva. Oh, there's another wing. So think you got to think oh, culturally, you've got to think yeah. clubs, you got to think oh, oh, where we're Wait, going. Uh, uh. Right, do another one? Yeah. <laughs> Play number three. Also played with Mbappe. So that's Angel Di Maria, Bernardo Silva, Kylian Mbappe. <sighs> This is a so it's the tough one. <laughs> a current squad player. Yeah. If, uh, do you want to let you another one? Next name. Well, uh, hang on, hang on a minute. Hang on. Let's have a guess. If it's in, if it's Mbappe, then that really narrows it down to like three clubs. Well, I mean two clubs yeah. plus international. And it got, can't be international because we haven't got any French players. I've got a player. Haven't we? Have we? I've got, I've got a player. Got in my... Oh wait. Yes. Oh. Nope. Yeah. Yeah. It's got to be Canate. Anyone say it? Anyone want to guess? Or are we going to have another game? Another Canate, Fabinho. Oh, Fabinho. We'll be picking the next one. I'll give me one more name. Cristiano Ronaldo. He's played with Cristiano Ronaldo. Cristiano Ronaldo. <laughs> <laughs> Angel Di Maria, Bernardo Silva, Kylian Mbappe, Cristiano Ronaldo. You can say your guesses. You've got your, you're going in directions. The people are probably screaming at us right now. That's I know. The, the, the it's that's... <laughs> That's one. This is super tough. Do you want, do you want one is, last player, or do you want to guess? This is this is embarrassing. <laughs> for another player. It is quite hard. I wouldn't say it's not like dead easy. Okay, so we'll go. Uh, last player is Edison. 
<laughs> that's all you've got. That's that's all. That's killing yeah, Mbappe. Each each that, the last two. So you got Angel Di Maria, Bernardo Silva, Kylian Mbappe, Cristiano Ronaldo, and Edison. Oh, fantastic! I love the sound of silence. I mean, let's think about this. Like someone who's played for Monaco, Wait. but's probably also played for Real Madrid. I think. Yeah, that's what I'm thinking. There. Monaco and Real Madrid, a current squad member. I mean, Fabinho stands out. Yeah, but big time. <laughs> Let me know when you've got a guess, guys. Is it not also you. Fabinho? <laughs> you ready? Go on. Do you want to on. Punt, have a guess? Put someone out. Have a name oh. each. It's definitely not Fabinho, is it? No. I never said it wasn't Fabinho. Oh, you, <laughs> can't, you can't do that to <laughs> Oh, he's passing us around. I'm waiting for your guess. You can't just say <laughs> random names and I just say, yeah. Fabinho. Oh, oh, I don't. I don't, I don't oh, bollock. Um, I'm a. What's your language? It's full of watershed. Has Fabinho spent a year at Real Madrid? Steve's on for Fabinho. Yeah, yeah, Fabinho. I'll I'll stick with Fabinho, yeah. I think it has to be Fabinho, hasn't it? Can confirm the answer is... Fabinho. Fabinho. Hey, there we go. There you go. Real Madrid, Bernardo Silva, Monaco, Kylian Mbappe, Monaco, Cristiano Ronaldo, Real Madrid, Edison, Brazil. Fantastic. Bloody hell. (laughs) No, it's actually embarrassing how long that's because... <laughs> that is tough one, though. Don't start that far. That you, know, you, you, get, you get the gist once we're in the swing of it. I mean, to be fair, all like, right, we'll we were all saying you can also it. get just, it, yeah. No one really wanted to commit to the answer. No that's one committed. I was waiting for you to commit. Yeah. No, no, no one wants to be the one that gets it wrong. <laughs> well, well, it just ends up being Conate. <laughs> yeah. That's it. I well, thought you were going to start going off in the comments. But yeah, thanks, thanks for playing, everyone. See you all next no, week. No, no. We'll, we'll, we'll absolutely be bringing that back, the, the peak quiz, with the theme tune as well, which you'll have yeah, to. Yeah, are you, you going to give us a little sign off? This has been Pete's quiz. Da, 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 da. Trademark. That's, that's going to be my new ringtone for you. You do know. <laughs> I thought you were going to clap, but that's fine. Right, I'm, I'm we'll going to have to get that on a t shirt. We're going to have to. Back to Siri. Back to us being boss. Over to you, foul. Thank you very much, sir. Well, as I was saying, back to the, the beating heart of the Liverpool team as it was in the 4-0 win against Manchester United um, at Anfield. I'm, of course, talking about the, our Spanish sensation, Thiago Alcantara. Steve, I, I mean, it, it, it says a lot when we were looking at sort of a player at Thiago Alcantara, obviously world-class player, but I think for large portions of the game, and it's saying a lot, he looked almost a class above his teammates, yeah, he, he just, he ran the game. It was unbelievable to watch. He's laughably good. You know, everything he'd done, you just, not that you can predict about what I do, but you see a player lean the same way, you think, like, he's going to spray a 70-yard ball now. It's going to go roughly in the area of where you'd expect it to go. Thiago will look Trent in the eyes and then play a diagonal ball the other way to Sadio Mane, and I don't know how he's done it. Uh, and he'll put it on his big toe. It's unbelievable. Uh, everything he does disguised in such a silk player surprisingly quick as well and it's just we all knew the class of player that we would get when we signed Thiago but he's really came into his own this season he showed flashes of it last year he's, he's really in his gear now and you know we're seeing that world class footballer that we signed uh, in, in, in 
Liverpool flashes, but he's consistently getting these performances in now, and it's it's going to be frightening for any team that's facing up against us. Um, yeah, I mean Thiago is Barson. We've known this uh, that he had a song before he even kicked the ball for us because he's that good, and now he's showing it. You know, and it's 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 just brilliant. Like you said before, it's a great time to be a football fan. You've got to just soak it up. Uh, I mean, Pete, I found it quite interesting online. Jamie Carragher was ripping into uh, fellow Monday Night Football host uh, Gary Neville over Targa's performance. Neville sort of bit back and he's like, oh, you know, it's a top top performance against a pub team at United at the moment. But I mean, I mean, he's been putting in these performances. It's not just been the one game um, as far as I'm concerned. Um, I suppose my question to you is, given the quality of performance we're seeing and you know, he, he had the injuries in the middle of the season, would we be having a very sort of different conversation about who Liverpool's best player has been this season? Had we, you know, w- without the injuries from Thiago and we're seeing these performances across the season? Possibly, you know, City and United, he was unbelievable. I think that United game, you know, sometimes you come out the match and it's who's man the match. It used to be Suarez every week. It's been a bit more spread out. Salah gets quite a lot, but I think I don't think there was anyone in doubt who thought it was Thiago yesterday. He just controlled the game, start to finish. And I think he's the best looking footballer I've ever seen. And I don't mean his face, just everything else he does. Just did, the face isn't everything. bad either. Well, I know, yeah. So <laughs> not taking anything away. I'd swap his face from him. But his, um, yeah, it's just what he does with his legs. It's that Porto goal, just, you know, all the stuff he does, the little turns, the fakes, the close turns, big slides and tackles yesterday. And I'm not sure if I saw it wrong or whatever. I'm sure he put a slide tackle yesterday and did like a fist bump up to himself and tried to got himself going. He looked like he just loved it. Um, I think Klopp was saying he was unhappy to come off and I think what, what he was doing he's, I think he's, you know, he's played at the top level for so long I think he just knows his body and if I'm wrong I might be wrong sorry I'm sure he played the last 10 or 15 games of last season and he was massive for us then so I think he, you know, he just he manages his game time well maybe a bit of like what, what Danny Sturridge would do doesn't play 100 Fits, but I guess to the end of the season he'll he'll play through these niggles because he he's not really getting picked for Spain. You know he's got to sum it off, and I think he's happy to to take these injuries through. Now he'll play through them and, and get himself into through the last few games. He'll, he'll play it eighty percent when probably wouldn't have earlier in the season. I think I saw him before the match. He had all strapping on his knee, and I've seen him on like his Instagram and stuff. He's got all like tape around it, so I think he has actually got an injury at the moment. But he's putting the team's needs above. His own, basically, and I think he knows what he, what what's happened at the moment is special, and no one's guaranteed a place in this team, and he, he's played himself into it, and you you definitely can't drop him. And it's I think Naby Keita was amazing against City, and you know, Fabinho does really well. Henderson did great last night. You know, it's such a competitive midfield. And a few weeks ago, we were talking about Harvey Elliott's got to play, and you now Curtis Jones. Just there's so many people who want to play in there, and James Milner. So they all know that they can't afford to miss a game because it takes one world-class performance like that and you can't be taken off the squad. So, yeah, we're just lucky to have them all and hopefully Thiago just plays through the last five weeks of the season and proves that he is one of the world's best players, which I think we all know he is. With it being a very different picture this season as far as injuries are concerned, you know, especially if you're looking at you know the likes of Salah beginning to hit his goal-scoring form again, Thiago maintaining his form for the rest of the season. I think you're absolutely right. You know, it, it's these are all factors that are going to potentially play a massive hand in our, in our hopes of a historic season. Um, but um, again, it, 
we have to take it game by game and we have the, another big, big fixture against Everton. You know, poor form aside, it tends to be a combative fixture. But before we get to that, of course, we just want to touch quickly, Steve, on the allocation of Champions League final seats um, at the Stade de France in Paris. Um, and if- is quite a significant stadium, um, but as it turns out, each finalist will only be handed 20,000 tickets each. Where will the rest of the tickets go? Um, 23,000, quite a significant chunk, is set to be distributed amongst commercial partners, hospitality, few UEFA's chums, the usual, and then the other 12,000 set to go to fans uh, worldwide. I mean, it's it's a bit of a bizarre because you look at some of the pressure governing bodies are under, you know, the Qatar World Cup here at home with the FA after the, the semi-final debacle in the FA Cup. You'd think the lessons would be learned. You'd think they'd sort of take into account, all right, we, we need to really prioritise fans here. We need to show that we're not the corrupt, greedy, you know, body that people think we are. Um, but this decision, again, shows that evidently lessons haven't been learned. Yeah, it's football's worst kept secret. They're never going to come out and say it. Well, no, they, they like to keep the game for themselves and, and their friends and all the rich people that sort of contribute towards the top X percent of football. And, you know, Champions League finals, that's exactly where these kinds of things are going to be happening. It's a shame that such a small number, uh, relatively speaking, such a small number of actual fans of, of both the teams that will be there, you know, fingers crossed, it looks good, but fingers crossed we'll be there. Um, you know, it's obviously a, a, a big, big shame goes without saying. I don't think anybody uh, listening to this podcast, I, I certainly think all of us here and agreements as well, that, you know, football should be for the fans. Um, and, you know, there's always going to be a little bit of a space for, you know, figures and, uh, Clubs, even figures at UEFA, you know, people that sort of run the game behind the scenes. That's that's all well and good, but obviously, when you're given X amount of tickets to partners and stuff, I, I don't know uh, specific partners that UEFA could be inviting to the Champions League final. Uh, but you know, let's just pick a big company around and say Microsoft. Um, just fifty random offices Microsoft get to the game, whereas you could have had twenty-five each. You know, fiercely. Um, fierce fans from both both sets of teams that could go instead, which is a shame. But it's been a part of the game for such a long time now that I think I think decision makers are even just getting to the point where you know they don't really care. There's not too much of an outcry from it. You know, you, you don't really see all big protests. You just see a few people complaining on Twitter. And at the end of the day, um, these decision makers don't care because it's not going to cost them any money. Um, the only way to to sort of actually impact these people is to hit them where they hurt them, which obviously is their wallets. But it's impossible to do it because if you were to stage some sort of situation where, you know, do you know what? We're actually not going to attend the Champions League final. With all the best will in the world, if those 20,000 Liverpool fans, that, you know, hopefully were there, if those 20,000 Liverpool fans didn't turn up, there would be 20,000 there. The, you know, the morals wouldn't really be there quite as much. And they'll go, do you know what? It's an opportunity for me to go. And then you wait for it just like, well, you know, we've got our money, so we don't care. Nothing's going to change. And that's just the way it is. It's just, unfortunately, that's it. And, you know, hopefully things change, but I, I don't see how, you know, we can reverse this at the point now, you know, with, with the, the Super League that was talked about, which, you know, if, if we're being realistic in a decade or so, within a decade, um, we'll see it come up again. 
um, whether it sticks around permanently or whether they're just, you know, structures or, you know, we just see more competitions getting invented or, you know, more World Cups. It's just, it's never ending. It's just a way for these decision makers to make more money and hopefully at the core of it, you know, football fans still get to me there. It's a shame that obviously you say there are 75,000 people are going to be in this stadium and 40,000 of them are going to be, you know, supporting the team, whereas, you know, almost half of the stadium are there for a day out. It's less. It's less than a third that each each finalist, whether it is Liverpool or someone else, um, less than a third of that fan base uh, of of that yeah of the of the seats allocated will go to one of the finalists, which is utterly. I mean, <laughs> I think it strikes every vast majority of football fans as being something um, utterly utterly bizarre. Um, but we're just going to quickly move on to the. Uh, My allowed to say final. Sorry. Yeah, of course. Mm-hmm. Right, I'm to say because I. Much I do want to say. <laughs> I, just, I just don't get. I've, I've said before, I've, and it's every year they do this UEFA, and it's not like it's a surprise. The Champions League final comes up every summer, and obviously it's, it was supposed to be in Russia and Istanbul and stuff has happened around the world. But I don't get why they have the headquarters in Switzerland. Why don't they just have like a two hundred thousand seater that holds the Champions League finals, the best stadium in the world, and they can still give out those thirty, forty thousand tickets they want to, and give. 70 odd thousand to each fan because you're never going to not sell out the Champions League final surely unless it's City who get there because we know they don't like to sell out their half of an allocation but I just don't it just seems ridiculous that it, this happens every single time and when there's the Super League you see Leeds wear those shirts saying you know Champions League and if football's for the fans and stuff when we played against us but no one's protesting at this point because it only affects the people who get to the finals and we're not there, as Steve said. But hopefully if we get there, you're the lucky people who go and no one else feels sorry for you because you're one of the two teams in Europe who's going. But it's just a disgrace there. They just don't care about the fans at all. And this whole Super League thing, UEFA were made to look like the good guys because they look after the fans and they're just as bad, really. So we, we do need a new Super League, but not as in what happened, only in name only, and just go and take over and someone just gets the grip with you know, football. It should be 5,000 of the tickets uh, to their mates and the rest goes to the fans because what else? Is, no one's watching it for a, for a bottle of Heineken and they're watching it to see Mo Salah score a hat-trick in the final, hopefully. But yeah, sorry, I just hate them. So No, 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 not at all. Not at all. I mean, you've hit the nail... You both hit the nail on their head there, sort of fundamentally. There's been no sort of consideration uh, once again uh, for the fans. I'm, I'm just going to turn over to, to Rick because I believe he he put his, his hand up. Yeah, I was just going to say that, like, um, so, you, I mean, I I kind of agree that there needs to be some sort of change. Um, I don't think the Super League, like the, the Super League has sort of burnt itself in the fact that their first attempt was so cloak and dagger that there's now no going back to that. And that's that's a shame because um, if there had been a dialogue with the fans from the get go, um, I, the, the problem is if there had been a dialogue with the fans from the get go, um, then UEFA would have tried to stamp it out and would have probably have banned all teams from it like, from playing in the Champions League or Europa or whatever for for that season or like you know a couple of seasons or whatever as a, as some sort of punishment for trying to step away. I mean they almost did that. You know, and it was only because we we all went whoa and stepped back that um, that there was no real punishment. It was just sort of like a slap on the wrist, and you know, I, th- I think there was. I think uh, don't quote me on this, but I think there was a fine. Um, 
of, to all the teams involved, but it was a it was a minuscule compared to what what they earn. Um, but I mean, the thing is, like, if if there had been some sort of dialogue or openness rather than just surprise, this is a thing we're doing we're all joining then you end up in a situation where like that's it the 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 bridge has been burnt there's no trust there uh even if it's a a superior product to what uefa are offering which i think if they'd approached it with relegation involved um and it hadn't just been a closed shop i mean we in our in our group chat um i mean i I sort of floated around a an idea of like a, a british super league um like hypothetically like you know and we don't need to go into it too much but it was just basically like if you could say that concept of it's a closed shop which teams would you keep in like you know which teams would you bring out uh, like throw out keep in and that's it they're in there for good it's almost like the mls um where there's no sort of promotion or relegation but to, to to bring it back to my point uh it's it's sort of like that there was elements of a good idea in there and it's just you know UEFA needs to change because it can't just be this like it, there has to be a fan element in there and I don't think any party who's come up with any kind of solution has really had the fans at heart and if there had been then you know I think everyone would be jumping at it to to get involved because although the prize money is mostly in the sponsorships it's you know I, I think if the fans were involved then I think clubs would have to have no choice but to 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 go in that direction. Yep. Fair enough. No, I, I think, I mean, yeah, I mean, just to touch back on what um, sort of Pete said as well, and which you certainly alluded to there as well, uh, Rick, I mean, when you look at sort of how UEFA have presented themselves, ultimately the European Super League, especially with the, the changes that have been proposed reportedly, um, I mean, they, they don't lose anymore. I don't think that's fair to say. I think that's fair to say in terms of the two options as they are presented, uh, without another alternative. Um, but I mean, yeah, I feel like we could all go on about this uh, for hours. So I'm going to swiftly move us on uh, to Everton. Oh no, no, don't apologise. Don't apologise. Uh, as things stands, of course, I think Everton are currently losing uh, to Leicester City um, at Goodison Park at the Man City scoreline. If anyone's watching. It's still nil-nil at half-time against Brighton and Hove Albion at the club, of course, now a former Liverpool star, Adam Lallana. Um, we'll see how that one goes. But for now, we're going to focus on Everton. Um, Steve, the thing that sort of troubles me but excites me about this game is I sort of see it in a similar light to the Manchester United one. You know, there's a lot of history there. It tends to be a combative fixture. There's a lot of things that can go wrong, but this is one of the worst Everton sides we've seen in years. This is the best Liverpool side we've seen in decades. I, I mean, how, how are you going into this one? Are you almost sort of expecting Liverpool to come away with another massive victory or, or is there an element of sort of caution underriding it? Honestly, the feelings that I had before we battered United and now the feelings I've got, which was cautious optimism. I was thinking... You know, I didn't think we were going to blow United away. Big occasion. Um, you can never really predict how a team's going to turn up. Uh, certainly you can't this season with Everton. They've been shocking for most of it. But on their day, they can still do something. <laughs> um, at the end of the day, you know, new manager, some interesting players, you know, they can do something. But the form we're in, yeah, I mean, 
if I was an Everton fan right now, I know I'd be saying to you, honestly, I'd be terrified of what could, what could happen against Liverpool. Um, but as a Liverpool fan, again, it's the cautious optimism. I, you can't go into a Merseyside derby assuming you're going to win the game. Um, by margin, uh, I feel like we're going to win the game. Uh, I don't think that's a particularly wild thing to say. You know, you look at the forms of both teams and yeah, 100%, that's probably the way it's going to go. But I don't want to say how, I don't want to say why, anything like that. Um, it's, it's it's a massive occasion and the Everton players are going to be up for it. Certainly they're not going to put in the kind of pitiful performance that we saw from Manchester United. You know, these people, these players are actually going to try and win for their team. They've showed a bit of heart this season. They seem like they actually want to stay out of the relegation zone, whereas Manchester United seem to be doing their best bet to stay out of the top four. So I think Everton are going to be a trickier task, uh, but I do think obviously the quality of the squads are pulls apart. And on paper, if this wasn't Liverpool versus Everton and this was Arsenal versus Norwich, yeah, I'd say Arsenal are going to blow away Norwich. But it's the major side derby, and I'm not going to say that. So cautious optimism yet again, I think. And cautious optimism <laughs> it is. But when we come to Pete, of course, I mean, Pete, you're, you're the absolute beacon of optimism. How are you sort of feeling about this one? I've asked him really, haven't I? Because we, because we're not four clubs, and I've said we're going to win every game ten 0 So I'm not, I'm not far off with my prediction. So, um, I think as Steve said, if you no matter what the running is and where we are, if you um, if you're at this point of the season, it's a major side derby. You're worried about what's going to happen, and if it, if you're playing a team that's just fighting relegation, you're worried about playing them as well because they're both fighting for their lives, and it's a derby. So that, that takes. Obviously, it makes the game a lot more difficult to predict. But it's all about the first goal, I think, because you know if they get something to hold on to, they, you can imagine probably a big, a sturdy performance from them, maybe. But they, you can't rely on their defence, and I don't think they are relying on getting stars. But I think, yeah, we should be okay. I reckon we just go and try and blow them away, and that atmosphere is going to be great again, as it was against United. And why can't we go and, and score loads against them? Their confidence is going to be on the floor. If we if we score too early, like we did against City, like we did against United, if we do that again, the ground the ground's going to be rocking. And why not? We can go and do it was four against United, so Everton a bit worse. So let's say five, six nil. Let's go for it. We'll, we'll take that as your score prediction and we'll be knocking wood hastily. Rick, are you feeling like score? Do you reckon to be get the first goal and then see what happens? I mean, I, I would love... For, I, I have a feeling that we'll get the first goal and just we'll run away with it from there. My only concern is based on... Um, the other season where we went to Goodison and we ended up with like, you know, a couple of in, a handful of injuries. And I mean, you, you saw it with the, the United game last night, as soon as it was apparent that they were getting nothing from this game, it then just descended into, well, I'll just, you know, I'm, I'm all the players were frustrated. So, you know, Fernandez with, uh, with a, a high kick, uh, you know, high leg kick, and like I can't remember his name now, but the Fellaini regen. Um, the I can't remember what's, what's his name with the with Hannibal. the hair. Uh, Hannibal. 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 Yeah. Hannibal. Hannibal. Yeah. Which is a, such a memeable yeah. name, anyway. Um, but yeah, uh, he. I mean, like I don't. I think it was his like one of his first appearances for the for the first team, and he was just like, I. 
it's like he'd just been wound up on the bench, like just rearing to go and just like, I'm going to take someone's leg off. Like just, just the, take the whole leg clean off. Um, and I feel like Everton could do that again. They've got their three points clear of the drop. But Burnley have the hypothetical new manager bounce because, you know, I mean, Ben Mee and Michael Jackson are there. Like, not the Michael Jackson, but Mike Jackson is uh, is their manager now. So, uh, you know, the, the, they, they've got an easier run of fixtures. I, I think it could get a bit bloody. Um, I'm going to say 3-0, but I don't think this injury-free period will last forever. Especially if we've got a running with Everton. Oof. Oof. Oh, Rick, you, you, you're leaving quite a, a sour tone. I, I, I didn't. I didn't, I didn't want to say it, but like, <laughs> it's just season over. Next one. <laughs> that's that's the thing. That that's 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 my worry is that you know that, that someone is going to come out of that with an injury. I mean, it's happened before, and it could happen again. That's all. I'm just saying. Like, I am. I am a pessimistic person. I've been told off for being too pessimistic in the past. Don't do that, Damn it, yeah. it's such a hard oh, no. habit That's to break. That's why you're not on the camera. It's only optimism on the screen, thank you. <laughs> I mean, we've gone all the way from, from cautious optimism to pure optimism, back down to pure caution. Yeah. So let's, let's go back I'm always last. I know. <laughs> <laughs> but we'll go back to a safe meet. I mean, Pete, we've had your, your score prediction, five or six nil. Rick, you've gone for more of a three. Steve, are, are you going to sit clean in the middle here? Or are you, you going to surprise us all? <laughs> Now, before Manchester United, I felt like it was going to be 2-1 to us. I thought it'd be a tight game. I was wrong. Um, but I'm thinking, I like the sound of three, but I think there will be a feistiness of Everton and I can see them sneaking one goal. Uh, so I'm going to say 3-1 to Liverpool. Oof. I mean, I mean, that was what I was going to go for as well, but I'll tell you what, in the spirit of each of us producing individual score lines, I'm going to go for optimism with a pinch of caution and it's going to be a 4-1 victory to Liverpool. Hopefully another repeat of the thunderous performance against Manchester United against our City rivals. We'll be keeping an eye on it and hopefully the title race swings in our favour. But for now, it has been Peter Kenny-Jones, Steve Carson, Rick Elliott in the wings and speaking today. And of course, I've been your host, Farrell Keeling. We have been the Empire of the Cop podcast. Take care and good night.